0: good ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of pro and bro wrestling podcast we are your host i'm arnold telegarta and i'm missing no days off fred ross or episode 70 i always say arnold anytime we have a guest on it's very near and dear to me um i've had many people over my career say oh i want to be a wwe superstar or i want to train to be a wrestler and I've had hundreds come up to me and say that, and there's only been one that has successfully done it. And anyone that's tuning into this podcast, if I'm going, if, if they think I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, the lows of someone or, or, or like a release, uh, they might as well just stop watching because, or stop listening because I'm here to uh, share stories that matter. I'm here to share stories of people that served in our country and, one half of the Forgotten Sons, Steve Cutler to the world, but Steve Cooper to me. Uh, thank you for joining us on Pro and Bro Wrestling. I always say don't die with a story and you tell
1: it. Well, oh, thank you for having me, and it's great to, well, just be on here and to have the time to be here and speak my mind and tell my story and then just even to catch up with you as well. It's been a while. Yes yes yeah i actually was telling a story the other day how i got into wrestling I was talking about like, yeah i met fred at our railroad cafe with my buddy Jarrett when i was still in the military so it was just uh it's crazy wild almost 10 years ago
0: yeah you know uh, steve it's like when you're you're in the wwe bubble you're making moves man i'm making moves uh but when, when it all comes down to us talking it's like um we never missed a beat you know so um like i said we're finally doing it uh and arnold was confused because uh, <laughs> the zoom you're using is diana my girl Perazzo. uh I swear we'll get I into that i
1: yeah. was like do, do we
2: have the wrong guest today what's going on
1: <laughs> yeah i'm not the tech savvy one anyway. <laughs> no all good, uh, all good
0: but but yeah but two of my favorite people and we'll get into that arnold take it away
2: You know, we always ask the same first question to all our guests. Were you a wrestling fan growing up?
1: Oh yeah, diehard. I grew up on it. (laughs) I was raised on it by my grandparents. Uh, My grandmother from uh, Scotland and my grandfather's from Ukraine and uh, we lived in a two-story house. So my my parents worked a day and night shift. So I was usually home with my grandparents growing up and all the time we just sat, they had wrestling tapes they would get from work from wcw old wwf stuff but uh, a lot of times would be sitting there my grandmother's favorite was piper and uh oh wow giant so i grew up in that good late 80s on vhs tape and then into the 90s new generation and of course the attitude era and wcw during that time so it was great they, they were just sit, I sitting on the couch with them and on the porch was always the best you know i always hear
2: piper to be a lot of uh, grandma's favorites Whenever I hear stories about wrestlers, they always say, oh, yeah, my grandma loved Piper. and That's always a thing for some reason. That's really cool, though.
1: He was the bad guy at that time that, uh, you know, all women probably wanted but didn't want to admit. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> Who was your guy, though? My up? guy growing up? Uh, oof, probably Bret Hart when I was very, very young. I, it was funny because a lot of my friends loved Hulk Hogan and Warrior and sure. all them. I loved Bret, Sean. I loved Razor. Like, all the younger Mid-card guys for the Intercontinental title, like, at that time, it was such the highly praised title in WWF, or WWE at that time. Um, It was just, that's where my niche was, and everybody loved the larger-than-life characters, but then it evolved into Stone Cold, hands down. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, I think we're around the same
2: age, so uh, I think when uh, we started watching wrestling when we were kids... Um, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, they were kind of on their way out. And we got like guys, like you said, like Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, you know, that's why they called it new generation. So they're starting to take over. But so
1: I understand why Bret Hart would be, would be your guy. I hated WrestleMania 9 finish. I hated. It. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I was like, no, yeah. go away. Even no. then, go away, Hogan. And you know what? <laughs> Today,
2: I still don't know why Hogan had a black eye that night
1: uh i don't know there's i there's probably some story behind the scenes i don't know i wouldn't be able to explain it probably yeah yeah yeah, yeah i
0: heard like uh i heard that it was because of savage or something oh no uh, wow. yeah i have read it I, I i just read that recently uh no i actually watched a documentary on youtube about like uh uh savage and uh yeah
2: <laughs> wow wow that's crazy that's crazy so with you, you know, being a fan of Bret Hart, watching wrestling as a kid, was that something that you knew right away, like this is this is what I'm gonna do when I grow up? Or was it just one
1: of those things where you just enjoy it as entertainment? It was one of those things I just enjoyed it as entertainment, but just like any kid though, like it's like, wow, I want to do this one day. Just like oh, playing wow. football and I wrestled amateur growing up. So it's like, oh, maybe there's something to this at some point. And then just life took over. And obviously just being a fan all throughout high school, and then when time came to find out what I wanted to do. Uh, I joined the military, and then that's kind of the route I started to go, and life just kind of, I let take control, wow. figure out where we go. Wow. Well, thank hey, you for hey, your service,
0: man. Hey, uh, yeah, ex- exactly. Thank you for your service. And Steve, oh. you're, you're so intelligent, bro. Can you take us a little bit on that journey of how we met? Uh, you're from Rutherford. I'm from, uh, right? You're from Rutherford, right? Yeah. I'm from Union Township. We all came from the same area, Arnold, you know, and Steve is the only guy to ever say that he was going to uh, make it, and he did it. So, uh, Steve, take us on that journey on how, how, how we met, and then from then on, uh, the steps
1: that you took with uh, Larry Sharp. Uh, so, well, I was on leave on a weekend. I drove up, and it was my normal routine on a weekend. I would drive the 10 hours to come up north to see my friends in uh, New Jersey from North Carolina. I was stationed at uh, Camp Lejeune. And I literally would drop my bags and then go hang out at the bar with my buddies because I'm young and dumb. And, <laughs> and uh, one of my buddy, Jarrett uh, Gato, was there, and we went to high school together. And he's was, hey, he's like, one of my friends from WWE is here. You want to meet him? I'm like, hell yeah. Who the hell would, like? <laughs> like, no yes please because he knew I grew up as a fan and I wanted to do and he always tried to get me to do stuff on the indies uh even before I joined but then Fred and I just kind of sat we talked and uh it was just funny to just like meet somebody because like you don't ever really expect to just sit and kind of meet casually and then it, when it does happen it's it's awesome and we just got to talking and he just was telling me like you have a good story he's like obviously you have your head right head on your shoulders you're doing the right things if you ever want to give this a shot you should try it. And I tell people all the time, like, that's the one thing that got that in my head, because me growing up, you see guys like Stone Cold, Undertaker, Andre the Giant, for a big show, uh, just anybody at that time, like, you see larger than life, and you're just like, there's no way a six-foot white guy from Rutherford, New Jersey, is going to be able, like, there's no way. But then wrestling evolved, uh, and it just kind of took over. And once he got that idea in my head, and My time in the military was coming to an end. I tried to reenlist and I was denied for uh, my MESEP package because of tattoos policy at that time. So I was, all right, cool. Let me go to college. Uh, And then if I want to continue the military, I can. I can just reenlist and go to OCS. But then at that time too, I was like, well, you know what? Let me give wrestling a shot. And I wasn't doing very well, kind of adjusting to normal life again too. So wrestling is the one thing that helped me get back into the real world. Mm -hmm. and uh, Jarrett brought me to a school in North Jersey with Gino Caruso, and um, it was about three and a half hour drive for me from South Jersey to North Jersey for that, and it just wasn't going to work out, and then I just started doing more research, and then out of nowhere, Larry Sharp's Monster Factory popped up in Paulsboro, New Jersey, and Danny Cage just took over, and Larry's still being there, but Danny was the head of it at that time, and it said, hey, we have a tryout this May, and this is in uh, 2012, so I was like, sweet only 30 minute ride for me I go to school I can do what I can and then train at night it's perfect so I get there I do the tryout and I never felt more weird in my entire life of the people that walking in the door as I'm there because I'm picturing like built gigantic men like women like you would think like but no then there's a guy there that has an hbk tattoo a mullet <laughs> all walks of different uh coming in and i'm just like what the hell am i doing mm-hmm. I'm like, this is i was like i want to do this trial and i want to get out of here as soon as possible
2: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> just, I'm like,
1: what am i doing here and then uh they, they come in the room they said all right guys fill out this paperwork you do this so i signed my um uh like the licensing agreement god forbid you get hurt and whatnot and then uh my information on my bio and then they said, "Who wants to go first? It's like, I will, please. I will. Wow. <laughs> so we're in this like little cheap warehouse at this time because it's before the facility at the Monster Factory is in now. And the ring's set up, and there's a panel of everybody up there. And Q. T. Marshall's there. Uh, Punishment Martinez, uh, Damien Priest now. Uh, Larry Sharp's there, and then Danny Cage, and then a bunch of other people. I have no idea who anybody is other than Larry Sharp because once I researched the schools, all right, who is Larry Sharp? Did my research because if you don't know somebody in wrestling, you should try to get to know whoever is in the business because it's, yep. I don't know, right? Game. I just thought that because I did in the military. If you didn't yep. know somebody that was a old vet, you kind of learn who they are and then you learn the history. But uh, I'm sitting there, and then of course, you get the old veteran thing of like, oh, you don't know who I am? And of course,
0: <laughs>
1: I'm like, dude, I am so sorry. Like, I only follow ECW, WCW, WCW. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm so sorry. And they're like, oh, it's all right. It's all right. They're like, What's your name? Blah, blah, blah. Tell them all my information. All right, hit the ropes. Hit the ropes. You've never been in a ring before? And of course, I lied to him because I was in a ring uh, a couple times before that. Hit the ropes properly, do everything. I like to say that I was a natural. Uh, (laughs) Yes, yes. Take your bumps, take your bumps. All right, cool. All right, cool. You got potential. All right, cut a promo. I'm like, okay, what would you like me to talk about? And they're like, all right, look at that dot up there. And then it says, oh, Bret Hart's your favorite wrestler here. And I'm like, yep, you're facing Bret Hart at the garden. I was like, "Oh, here we go!" Probably cut the worst promo ever <laughs> in my entire life. Of course, you had no idea what I'm doing. I'm thinking full-on '80s promo, and I know Danny, <laughs> Danny probably has that somewhere uh, in his little film room. But um, yeah, once we did that, I got in, and we just uh, we kept going. I had my first match that following November, uh, and yeah. crazy times to just see how it kind of went and then to even lead off of that to get how I got the WWE uh Gerald Briscoe came in for a tryout and a seminar at the Monster Factory and I just started taking bookings outside the Monster Factory too so I'm all right I'm getting into the indies kind of seeing what I'm doing started wrestling in Delaware and Pennsylvania and then Briscoe comes in sits down with me about two hour talk and everybody else there hates me at that time because they're like oh come on Steve like, of course, I, I don't know, Danny hyped it up and then Briscoe just, I don't know, attached to me and I just, he knew I wanted it and that's what I wanted to do. So we sat for about two hours, talked. Steve,
0: Steve, Steve, I'm sorry to cut you off. What drew, what, what, what was uh, Briscoe, what drew him into you? What what um, was it about you? Was it the amateur wrestling, the discipline? Uh, what drew him into you?
1: Probably everything just on my background of my story. Because I know Danny probably yes. talked, but being military, Good head on my shoulders, doing what I'm supposed to do, properly bumping, just listening and do what I'm told. Usually was the only one that showed up at the factory for a while. Me and Anthony Bennett were the only two that would show up on show days to go get chairs from the high school, bring it to the venue. Mm. Like, the things that you're supposed to do in wrestling, put up the ring, take the ring down. <laughs> and like doing that by yourself to put up a ring is just degrading after a while because then you're sitting there, all right, well, I don't want to train now, but then you end up bumping yourself anyway, running the ropes.
0: I've been there, yes.
1: It's just uh, that's the things of paying your dues, and you learn that that way. And then things did obviously change in NXT when I got there, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But um, you're always going to pay your dues in some form. But uh, we sat with Briscoe to get back to that and just talked. And he was just down to earth. And he's such a, he's just, a, I love being a Briscoe boy. I take pride in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, glad he has a lot of talent that he has signed and that have gone to tryouts and that have gotten signed to nxt and then still have hop gone on with wwe careers and um yeah just awesome and uh we did the tryout this seminar and then after the show he just kind of said just don't go anywhere else don't take any more bookings be smart take care of your body and just keep yes. training wow and then, if, then, then, then <laughs> the last thing he said don't get any more tattoos oh because like, at that time <laughs> I'm hard to finish oh like, man, hey, man. No, he looks at me and he goes, he goes, I told you, I'm like, I know, I know, <laughs> but it's just, it's for, just for marketing purposes and like how you look and obviously, you know, sure. but it's a very smart thing to say. Cause you can do that later on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was in, uh, July of 2013. Wow. wow. And then two weeks later, I got my uh, email for the trial in August of 2013 and the PC just opened that July Jeez. as well. And then uh, I was going to extra work that October. And lo and behold, I'm there as an extra. And on the way there, I get the call that I got signed. And then, of course, Fred's there. And I'm showing up. I'm like, Hey, I got signed. He's, awesome. <laughs> so he's showing me around, everybody letting me know and introducing me, just being a good brother and just helping me out because I don't know anybody. And instead of being treated like an extra, like sometimes like, people treat extras like extras. And like, I'm yes. I never understood it because they're trying to do the same thing you're doing yeah but he was just nice enough to take me around and introduce me hey <clears throat> just got signed and it was just funny to see who was nice and who wasn't because like always, i always remember those things
0: St- exactly steve sorry to cut you off again please oh, hold good. your thought i don't re- I, I seriously like i always say when i do interviews I, I remember a lot of my memories with wwe but a lot of it was a blur i do not remember showing you around Uh, what florida championship wrestling was it or the performance no
1: we were we were in uh buffalo the first night it was uh wwe uh battleground it was the night that uh cody and uh dustin were facing uh the shield Mm -hmm. it was in buffalo because i did the three loop uh day that it was buffalo columbus uh, or buffalo pittsburgh then columbus and three days three days straight but yeah, um, you you were laughing because the last night was a SmackDown, and you said you have no balls to go shake Vince McMahon's hand.
0: I said, oh, yeah. oh I don't I, know if I think that. yeah. And so did you do it right? Huh? You did it right.
1: Yeah, because he was standing there, and it was funny because he's just standing there, wasn't on his phone. He was just kind of by the monitor in the back where all the boys are sitting. And I was like, okay, cool. And I just went up, thanked him, introduced myself, and just thanked him for his time. And I'm I'm happy to hopefully work for him one day and obviously I was signed so it was great oh my goodness. I am
0: so I I am so upset I do not remember that That, that's why I say a lot of a lot of my memories were a blur I do not remember that man oh I can't believe that well at least at least I was a good guy that's just who (laughs) I am Arnold you know baby face through and through
1: Yeah, you just – you helped me around. Even in catering, we were kind of hanging out. I just kind of sat with you, and everybody was kind of migrating, and it was just good to introduce and listen to everybody and just talk. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Were you
2: overwhelmed with how fast everything was going? Because it seems like everything was hitting you all at once.
1: Yeah, I was very lucky in that aspect of only a year and a half, really, just starting wrestling to get signed. And at that time, WWE wasn't signing talent that was uh, very – well-named on the indies because they wanted originally nxt to keep building Mm -hmm. off of just their own homegrown talent and i got what they were doing but then that changed within four to five months of me being there when takeover the first takeover happened and then kevin owens came in and then kenta and finn Balor came in and then the floodgates just opened up to the indies because they were seeing Mm -hmm. the internet and what nxt was becoming and hunter's brilliant mind and he saw Mm -hmm. ahead of time what was going to happen and that was a boom he literally was just taking the best of the indies and putting it into a WWE program, and he's smart. Just brilliant yes. mind. Yeah. I would have done the same. Like, who does – if you're not going to see where you're going to take that ride, you got to take that ride. That wave is going that way. Go with it. Yeah. Uh, when you first started uh, with NXT, who thought of the name Cutler? Was that, was that something that you thought of yourself? wow uh so that came back after maybe about four uh byron saxton i was at that time uh taking all the lists and stuff for dusty for names uh-huh it was great because byron's just uh, one of the best human beings in the world yes yes is yes. super nice man yeah. when i got let go he was the first person to only call me everybody else texted
0: oh god me.
1: i just took that more of like oh, i appreciate the call like, yeah yeah just the text but um either way it was I still appreciative of text as well but the call just made it funny. I couldn't
0: listen li- uh, listen I couldn't talk to anyone okay I couldn't talk to anyone so you and I are in the same
1: boat but you handle yeah. it different you handle it differently I
0: was very upset well, I was very, <laughs>
1: don't, don't 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 I was pretty angry for the reason but I'm, I'm pretty byron's just a good human being again yes yes he's just good he just he's like hey marine I'm like hey <laughs> oh man yes but, um, but yes, Byron was taking a uh, work for there in the office for Dusty for creative, uh, cause he was just kind of doing announcing and everything back behind the st- scenes. So I put in maybe four lists and my thing was just going on Google of all my favorite movies and favorite characters oh. and just taking names and last names and mix matching them. So like, uh, what was, uh, there was a bunch of names, but after the four lists went through of about. It went from 100 to about 60 to about 20 to about 10 for my last list. And then they came back with two names of, and it was Bill DeMott that said, Hey, do you want to be Alton Wolf? So it's A L T O N Wolf with an E, or do you want to be Steve Cutler? So I went home. I said, Let me think about it. And then I went home and I'm just kind of like writing down names of like Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Alton Wolf, Undertaker, and like seeing how my name fit like in between that and when you say it out loud I'm like ah it doesn't work and then I'm just like Steve Cutler like does it sound generic yes but then like everybody just started calling me Cuddy after a while yeah so it became its own nickname with within the locker room and everyone I'm going with Steve Cutler it just fit better and I got to keep my real name which was great
2: and I think like you said like with all the uh, wrestlers that you just mentioned I think that was the right call because if you look at names like all the big stars they don't have too much gimmicky name you know uh with Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin, Steve Cutler, so it makes sense. I think you made the right choice.
1: Yeah, I was excited, and it was fun to just have a name and have that uh, creative process. Granted, it took a while, but it was just—it was just cool. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe maybe about six months when I first got there, Ooh. and then I. Cause I got there January of 2014 and then at that time the first month you're not allowed in the ring Oh, so again every day yeah, I was just the Mott's rule like I knew what he was doing I knew his uh his game to it and like I never yeah. had a him during that time yeah just because I was like listen I know what you're doing I know you do yes. FF you just mess around with people to weed people out I get it and I'm like this place yes. is high school yeah yeah so it's, funny because you have that first month out and then you're just itching to get in a ring because you're finally there and they want you to just get acclimated but I'm just like I want to rest all I ever want to do is wrestle and work Steve Steve
0: uh, uh off the top of your head what coach uh was drawn into you or what coach dr- did you connect with at the uh, performance center
1: when I first started was Nick Dinsmore Nick Dinsmore was uh, in charge of um, the beginners class at that time and then Robbie Bookside eventually took over which Robbie's another one that drew to me as well. But Dinsmore Mm. was in charge of the class at that time and you want to talk about a mind that can train people in just anything in wrestling. Dick Dinsmore hands down is just he's a brilliant mind in the world of wrestling. And uh I can't think. Him with the coach? Like I went in with the basics, but he just kind of opened my mind more to different things. Of like, this is why you take your time with this.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then be the one where you would lock up, and he just kind of like walk you around. Be like, all right, loosen up, loosen up. Like, mm-hmm. do this. And even drills, he always oriented towards like taking Cena's comeback in the drill. Wow. Because he's like, if you want to bump and feed, he's like, you're gonna bump and feed for the top guy. If you don't know that feed, then <laughs> that's work. smart. So he just. <laughs> Yeah, like one of those things, like, okay, I know why we're doing it. Like, you just kind of start to realize why you're doing it. And he was just a smart man. Yeah. At least he was a smart man. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. But then, you... uh, oh, Robbie, oh, do... Robbie Brooks, I took that class over. And then, I'm, of course, just drawn to Robbie because he's a larger-than-life human being and, and naturally outside of wrestling, but even in wrestling, uh, he's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Your first response um, on Ed... – sorry, Fred. Go ahead.
0: Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. You got it, Arnold.
2: No, I was I was just gonna ask your first few months in NXT, you were wrestling as a as a singles wrestler. So how was how was that experience for you?
1: It was different because I was mostly babyface and when I was trying to when I was training at the factory, I was mostly a heel, uh, which I loved because it's just more like, natural to me. And I like yeah. I don't I'd rather we work together as a match, but I also like to kind of say, Hey, slow down or like dictate the pace. I'm very more on that side. I like to just kind of call it from that aspect, but um, yeah it was different because I'm like trying to listen to what the rules are and trying to figure out how they want to because the producers at that time like you got to listen to them this is my first time ever dealing with producers and mm-hmm. I don't want to screw up or not listen and get a bad rap with somebody because then yeah. I'm gonna and that's just how that for the first two three years that I was there or the first two and a half years every day felt like you're just pretty much just fighting for a job
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah it is that's- Yes, he was even in promo class. If you did, if you didn't cut a good promo, I felt like I was going to get fired. So I was there. Monday. Oh God! Even if I wasn't going to actually cut the promo, I was still there. Like wow. and so, literally Monday through Saturday, I was at uh, pretty much at work, and then Sundays was my only day off. When I first got there, for maybe the first year and a half. Wow! Wow! Uh,
0: see, this is what I'm talking about, Arnold. I mean, the grind, the grind that. Steve and I had to uh, go through and the ups and downs and uh, I uh, I wanted to ask you how often
1: how often do you do podcasts? Um, This is second this is my fourth podcast ever I think being on wow
0: fourth podcast cool and like it's great uh, and, and, uh, I did
1: one the, my buddy Tanner at the VA I helped him out we did a we piece with him and I just did one the other day with uh, pop smoke officials another uh, veteran Uh, my buddy uh, Dan, and um, yeah, just not very, very often I'm doing very uh, many podcasts. Yeah, and you know, Arnold,
0: it's crazy, I had uh, hit up Steve a while ago, before the release, and again, I had no idea, that's why I didn't hit you up, because I was like, what the, what the hell is going on, and then that's when you had text me saying, well, I guess I can do that podcast now, I'm like, oh, you know, with WWE, you need permission to, I always got to keep it PG, uh, to wipe your butt, you know, when you're on your own, you're independent contractor. So you got to grind. So what I'm just saying to you is when it comes to sharing your story, always like quality over quantity. Uh, but again, don't die with a story and you tell it, man. For me doing this podcast, I don't do it for the numbers. I do it because it's practice for me. It's practice for me talking. Uh, I do it with my real life neighbor. It's like therapy for me. So That's the reason why I do this. Again, I don't worry about the numbers. This is just fun and practice for me. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to say that.
1: Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, it was cool because like when Fred told me that we were gonna have you on, uh, one of the first things he said was like, "Man, like I really love this Steve guy," and he's like, he's super inspiring because he's one of the guys that said from the beginning that I was gonna make it to WWE, and you actually did it, and that goes to show what kind of person you are. You know, once you have something set in mind there's nothing stopping you. And that's why you're, you're, you're a winner in life.
1: Yeah. That's the one thing like I've, even with getting let go and how it happened and what kind of happened with it, it sucks. But at the same time, it's a blessing in disguise. And I had a bunch of people tell me that. And it really is like, now I'm very like, it maybe took me two weeks to kind of get away from that anger phase. Sure. Now, now I'm just like, all right, let's get this done. Like what do we got to do? Yeah what do I got to do to get a film crew? And then I reached out to some friends. Right. I did a few vignettes with a kid from Full sale that I had in touch with. And it just wasn't working right to the way I wanted to put out my own quality and my own product. So I was, all right, what do I got to do? And then I hit my buddy Tanner up who I did the VA podcast with. And he used to work with NASCAR as a production on that side. And it was great because now we're just, now I'm like, all right, I want to be in a production company. I want my own. Wow. Production. That's cool. Like my mind is like, kind of like open to just so many different things other than just that WWE, uh, WWE bubble, sure. which yeah. gets stuffed into. Cause it's just that every day groundhog day, 24 seven. You're just, All right, <laughs> like, it's just, that's the way it becomes. And like, yeah, I'm just so I'm I smile a lot more now. And I told Fred this the other day. I was like I find myself a lot happier mentally no matter what now just because I'm like it's on me more yeah. where if I well, it's on me and that's the best yeah. part about it. And I can't hear no anymore. If I hear no, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not working with you. Like t- like you know, uh, it sounds awful to say that, but i have been given so many no's now to where I know I'm my own business and I'm my own product as an independent. Exactly. Company. So I'm exactly. just like, bro you know, tell me why, and then, if okay, if we can't work together, we can't have this relationship. Yeah, yeah. For a second you there, know, you're going
2: to use Shawn Michaels' line and say, you found your smile. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve, uh, Steve, you took the words right out my mouth, you know. Uh, you know, with the platform that you built with, you know, WWE and being uh, a veteran in the Marines, Uh, I hate using the word former. For me, I call myself, because I had some time with WWE, even as an extra, I hate the word former WWE superstar. I call myself WWE veteran superstar because we put a lot of miles on our body. And now we're able to use our platform moving forward to say that we've done some stuff with WWE. And also, we're trying to, you know, do other uh, projects. And again, we got to grind a little bit more, but hey. It is what it is. Definitely use WWE's platform to just uh, make moves. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, I got. It. And that's the one best thing too is like no matter what, WWE on a resume is something. Oh to yeah, have. yeah. Something great to have. And then even I'm lucky enough to still be a, a veteran as well from uh, the Marine Corps. So yes. like having those two, and I'm applying to jobs now as well outside of wrestling. And like when I put an application, people will call me back. They're like, wait, like you're a wrestler too? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Wrestle with WWE and blah blah blah. But it was even funny when we were signing the lease for the housing, um, our more for the mortgage paperwork, uh, for the title information. They said, All right, you have one piece of paper to sign left and they just hand me an eight by ten to me. Yeah. I was like, Oh,
2: <laughs> oh and compressed, by the way, I learned that you guys are homeowners now officially. But, yeah, That's yeah, I feel, a deal, man.
1: Yeah, it was a process. We started in October having it built and uh Now we're in our new office and all of her accomplishments on the wall. Wow. Uh, I kind of want to take it back
2: a little bit to your NXT days because you you accomplished so much there. Um, I feel like the Forgotten Sons is such a cool name, such a cool branding, such a cool group.
1: Um, Whose idea was that to put you guys together like that? So what originally started as me doing America's Greatest Son, I just started pretty much coming out as a condescending vet. Where, oh, you want to thank me for my service now? Like, where Mm -hmm. were you? Just using that against people, and then like they would say, "Oh, you can't do that. You're walking a fine line." I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm a vet. Like, I'm not opposed to it. You know, offend anybody, it's gonna offend me. Why can't I just like? I'm just using something else to get a little bit of heat. That's natural these days. Yes. And I was doing this for a while, and Joe Bel Castro was the head writer of NXT at that time, and he'd be there for promo classes, uh, and. Everybody would Blake would always annoy me. He'd be like you got to change it up. You got to find something else. I'm like they're telling me they love this, and they just <laughs> working. And I'm like I know where I'm doing. I would try different yeah. things. In the room they had there, but it was just one of those things where I'm just like, no, this is this is who me as like what I feel I am now. I can use, and it was working mm-hmm. live events, and um, this was uh what God so many years in NXT. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> So at this time, NXT was just wrapped. I was still doing this uh, America's Greatest Sun gimmick, and we we're going into the holiday time, December, January, and NXT just went on a tour to Japan, Australia, and uh, California to end it up. And Blake gives me a text, and we've been riding together for years, and since pretty much together since the beginning when I was there. And we always would joke, like, Why are you partners of Buddy? I don't know why I'm not your tag partner when I understand you a little bit more, or why you're doing it. <laughs> it's just funny to just. But nothing against buddy it'd just be funny to just hear that yeah. so it's just funny i'm like yeah buddy why did you do that why didn't you just do that because it's simpler and i'm like oh, mate, oh but it's just the car banter and it would go back and forth yes yeah but it was just always funny i mean Corey, we're just always hanging out even we just became best friends outside of wrestling even outside of the pc and he just texted me and we were joking, talking about it for a long time, being a tag team. And he goes, Hey, I just got told I can't be doing this gimmick anymore. Are you serious about being a tag team? Like, yes, let's, let's go. Like I'm brother, I'm all in. Cause at that time, uh, all the indie guys were coming into the singles guys. You had him Coles, mm-hmm. Kyle O'Reilly, like Bobby Fish, uh, Bobby Roode came in. Drew just came back. Like every Alistair Black, everybody was coming mm-hmm. in singles, guys. So like, there's no tag teams. And, we just saw the writing on the wall of Revival going up. American Athlete just went up. Like, sweet, we could just slide right in there. And then Blake, of course, goes, we're going to have to work some of these PC shows. I'm, I'm fine with that, man. like <laughs> Whatever we got to get in front of the writers, we get on exactly. TV.
0: Exactly. Yes. Is,
1: and like, oh, what a ride. And then we originally called ourselves BAC of blood alcohol t- content to play on that, but it was Blake and Cutler. Wow. Mm. And uh, one of our first promos we did uh, was with Street Profits, and they were just starting to get a push on TV at that time. Very, sure, sure. The tag team division at that time just had this buzz starting to build, even just from within the PC towards TV, and it was great. And we were excited because, we're well, all right, we got TM61, we got us, we got the Street Profits. Uh, Heavy Machinery was just starting to get their uh, stride going as a tag team. And it was just like, all right, wow, we have a foundation to build off of what Revival just did with DIY and continue to just make NXT grow and grow. Yeah and uh that took another about a year and a half for blake and i to get off our feet uh from when we originally got there because we had uh pitched so many ideas he wrestled drew mcintyre on a pre-show in chicago i was supposed to wrestle Alistair black my match got cut but we were still supposed to have a promo backstage after blake's match and that's how we would have joined together and just a little segment to be like all right you know we're both sick of this and like you were forgotten i'm forgotten type thing and Let's join. That's just supposed to be what happens. That didn't happen. Mm. That was kank. So here we are after full sale, after full sale, taping after taping. Hey, what's going on? Hunter's just like, yeah, just give it some time. We're just trying to, well, okay, cool. Like, we just want you to know we <laughs> ready to go. We're waiting then. Um, and then we were a road loop one time, and Steve Carino put Jackson Riker with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad Lale was at that time. And he goes, You guys kind of look good together. And we did a six man, all three of us. Uh, and we're like, yeah, it felt kind of good. Like it was kind of cool to just have like a trio and play yeah. off of it. Now we can maybe do that. Um, the Freebird rule with it. That's right. Well, oh, cool, cool. There's something to it. Uh, let's try to mess with things. And of course, we brought in like our kind of persona of like the American thing, but then they brought it into where it was going to be us like being forgotten as military guys. And then Blake was just the guy from Texas type of thing. So it was always funny that everybody thought Blake served, and he really didn't. Mm-hmm. So like, he'd be like, "Oh no, no, not me!" Because everybody would thank us for our service sometimes, like fans wise, and he'd be like, "No, nah, I didn't do anything." He's like, yeah. <laughs> "Let him thank you." Yeah. But um, yeah, it started to take its stride, and then for some reason, just Hunter never wanted to pull that trigger on us. I don't know what it was. Yeah. And okay. It, it was just a weird time. We just never understood what it was in NXT, and. We always got told that, like, uh, you guys are main roster, like Vince guys. Like, yeah, that's great, but, like, I want to – I've been here long enough. I want to accomplish something. Like, I want to feel like I accomplished something here. I hear you. Like, we put our heart and soul into the gimmick of trying to figure out what we were and just Hunter just didn't see something with it. Mm. I appreciate him for the time that we had and us getting called up. And the time we did have there was fun. Live events were the best.
2: Well, you guys definitely made your mark because, you know, as for me, as a wrestling fan, you guys are definitely memorable. So um, you guys definitely did your thing. <laughs> so, yeah, we, you know, we were talking about uh, the Forgotten Sons. And, of course, um, you guys had such a great run, in my opinion. I thought you guys made your mark. And um, I, oh, before, before I get to my next question, a question that I forgot I was going to ask. You actually worked in the Performance Center before the Thunderdome. How awkward was that for you?
1: It was a letdown to the call up a little bit Um, just because I spent six and a half years in the performance center. Granted, I'm so so grateful for like Hunter letting us know. It was uh, two months before Mania uh, or actually no, towards the end of February, March, Blake and I had our last match with Grizzled Young Vets and beforehand we're going over the match. Hunter pulls us aside and he's just I'm just going to let you guys know that you're getting called up and I laughed like obnoxiously kind of in his face. I felt so bad for him, I was excited, but I was just like, oh wow, I never <laughs> expected this was going to happen. But um it was just one of those moments like, ha, no. Uh, but yeah, we got we got told that we were going up and then of course this is pre-covid. Um, so yeah, it is uh, end of February before March and we were still working uh, out, yeah, we we're still working the live events Blake and I but we're finished up our bookings there. But wow, what a difference of uh what we thought our call-up was gonna be to um what it ended up being. Granted, still so grateful. Got to work with uh um, what you call it, Calisto uh, and um Metalik and uh Lince. Sorry, I'm just drawing a blank on uh, names oh, because sure. yeah. the first people we worked with. I'm trying to think of what our first thing interaction was, but it was yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it was great to work with them, but at the same time, it was very different with no live fans and hearing just Michael Cole and Graves. And Cole was great about it, though. He said, listen, no fans. He's like, lay it in. He's like, talk.
0: Yes, yes. He was
1: very very good about getting us up to par of what was supposed to happen and what needed to happen Mm -hmm. for a debut match. And I can't thank Michael Cole enough for that. and Graves, too, just for how they talked about us and put us over on that aspect of saying that we were a force to reckon within NXT and our dominance, even though we really didn't have dominance in NXT.
0: <laughs> but Steve, 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 hold your thought. You know, the commentators are so important. Um, for me, like, doing New Japan, and 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 that's like my first, like, last, all, like, was it last July? Last July, like, was my first... Um, first uh, matches with New Japan. And with no crowd there, I, I was still in the zone. At at the time, we were creating movies, you know what I mean? We we're creating like a live combat theater. So again, uh, you don't got to tell me, hit hard to save places, being physical, having guys like uh, on New Japan, Alex Kozlov and Kevin Kelly really put over the story and put over me as a person. That's like, that's so important, and it's funny you mentioned Michael Cole, uh, and I've mentioned it on the podcast. Uh, there was a time when me and Bob Backlund were doing vignettes uh, on TV, and uh, there was a time when the com- uh, they pan to the commentators, and Michael Cole and JBL were like looking at the camera, like, "What is this? Like crap!" And I was furious. In the back, you know, I stormed to a Gorilla and I went right up to Triple H and I was like, "I mean, what the hell's going on? These commentators aren't putting us over, you know. Uh, you might as well just bend me over, you know." And Hunter was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 hold on, Darren, you know, what, you know." Uh, and then that um, that um, I, I think that night, Vince kept uh, Michael Cole and JBL and had the footage queued up. And they watched it back. And Vincent Mann said, you know, guys, next time you got to put over the angle between Bob and Fred, you know? And from then on, JBL didn't say one word to me. He 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 would just like look at me and catering. And I, and there was a point where like years ago, you're intimidated, but at that point, I would be like on purpose and catering. I'd be like, hey, how you doing, John? What's up, John? He wouldn't say two words to me. But it was cold that night of Raw, when Raw went up the air, he called me personally and apologize and um, said if you ever have any issues just come to us don't go to events or triple H. <laughs> but I was so but I was so upset. That's oh. why we can share we can share our stories like this because I'm laughing in my head. Uh, because I can relate to you dealing with like the headaches with WWE and like all the craziness that we've gone through, man. So like I said, don't die with the story and you tell it so I can uh, get what you're saying, bro
1: quick uh interruption real quick sorry oh there he is what's good oh my good
0: look, look at look at my boy look, he's like, he's like, look at my boy I need Uh-oh. I need I, I need Wrestlemania
1: tickets <laughs> uh, I need it's Wrestlemania so tickets but uh no to get back on the track for with Michael Cole yeah he was very helpful to us and uh yeah it's funny um I was always one to i never skylight type stuff. Like I, when I'm pissed, Blake knew I was pissed. Mm. So he'd be like, shut up. I'm like, I know. I'll, I'll go walk away for a little bit and then I'll go to the individual and do it behind the doors. Because to me, that's all, even in the Marine Corps, that's how I always dealt with stuff too. Just because it, it keeps the office out of business that needs to be taken care of, that the boys yes. can take care of or the girls. Yes. Yes. That yeah, that's the, the respectful way to do it. And I think that's how people should do it now. Yeah. Um, I think that's in any aspect in life too. Because yes. to, some people don't know. Yeah. You, you, you can't get mad at people for something they don't know better than. Um, but um we're all green in some way.
2: Yeah. So after um, that chapter kind of closed in your life, uh, you had a brief run as the knights
1: of the lone wolf. How did that come about? Uh that came about by the end of us. Uh we were supposed to win the tag titles uh for oh. New We were we were set for a good little push there and then it uh kind of got halted in May of last year. Um kind of what was going on in the world just socially and social media from Twitter uh yeah. from one member of our team and it kind of sidelined us and Blake and I went in the next day to kind of figure out what's going on at TV and they said you guys are fine we're gonna keep the storyline going and then Biggie and Kofi very kept in touch with us like yeah we're gonna Biggie was good with me just just saying hey like I'll let you know if anything's gonna change he's like I know they're keeping you guys off TV for a few weeks so like yeah cool we kind of saw the writing on the wall and like oh they're gonna sideline us so it kind of got scrapped. We saw the Cesaro and Shinsuke story get pushed in, and they won the tag titles, and then it moved on. So then here we are back at the drawing board of like, all right, what do we need to do? And we kept pitching, and every week I was sending emails to Bruce Pritchard and Team SmackDown of just say, hey, this is an idea I have for us coming back this our upcoming week or how you can reintroduce this, whether it's with Riker, without Riker. Uh, We turned baby face. We can do this. But every week for eight months from that time we were out because of that, um, we just kept pitching ideas. And around October time when they were at the Amway, I just got fed up. I'm like, listen, we just got to go to TV and show face and get a meeting with Vince because nobody's giving us answers. We're getting the same smoke blown up to us. I was like, let's go talk to Vince. And that's what we went and tried to do. And then of course that was shut down. If we're sitting outside his office, we had people coming to us saying, Hey, you don't want to be sitting here, just the noise, Vince. And I'm just like, okay, well. Oh, please,
0: matter. please. I've heard that. I've heard that not to me, not to my face, but. Uh-uh.
1: No. And like, I'll, I'll call him out. It was Mark Carano just coming to us. Like, hey, go sit. <laughs> I, I personally, like. he has. The... <laughs> yeah, I'll call him out for it. I really don't care. <sighs> but it's just one of those things where it's just like, I'm like. All right. I'm just sitting here. I have talent coming by saying like Bailey's like you guys are in the right spot. Keep doing what you're doing. So for three, four weeks in a row, we just kept showing up to SmackDown. And then finally we got face to face with Bruce. Um, and it was great because we finally he's just like what we got to do a completely new you guys. You guys are without Riker. It's just you and Blake. We want to know what you guys do in your personal life. And what are you about? I'm like, listen, wrestling's all I kind of do. I lift weights. I hang out with my dogs. I like to shoot guns, uh, I watch sports. Like I'm very boring outside of wrestling, but when you put me into wrestling aspect, I can be entertaining and larger in life. That's where I can turn it up a little bit and then it's like, okay, cool. And then I'm like, I like to drink whiskey. If that's an app, something you wanna know. But, um, so Blake and I just, we got, we had that meeting with Bruce and uh, with creative. And then about within the first, uh, next week, we uh, just made our own packet of different looks, different ideas of gimmicks to then just submit again that we already submitted the previous eight months. And Blake and I, the one we kept going on was trying to make a new version of APA. And mm, we wanted to try to evolve off of what they did and make it our own. Cause now we can work every brand, whether it was raw, SmackDown and NXT. And it keeps us on our downside that we're already still with an NXT contract where we can work all three brands. Yeah. So it's just like, if you're paying us NXT money, let us show up everywhere then. It makes sense, and yeah. then it keeps us in the public eye. If you can't book us on SmackDown this week, you can book us on Raw. If you can't book us on Raw, you can book us in NXT. Like it just lets us go everywhere. Yeah. And it keeps the buzz, and it builds a brand, and it builds a name. Yeah. I got shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, it's just you're trying to work. You're trying to work, and like I said earlier, like you get so many no's, and you get used to it, and then it's like after a while, it's just all right. Well, what is it? And then finally, they let us know, like, hey, come to Amway. We have an idea with you guys, possibly with Corbin. Uh, okay, cool. So like, yeah, so uh, you're going to be like his hitman. And originally Corbin mentioned it to us, like almost like a Wilson Fisk, Kingpin type gimmick. So now my brain's going, I'm, all right, sweet. Let me watch Daredevil again. I watch <laughs> Kingpin. All right, Blake can be more of like the clean cut type deal and I can be more the Punisher-esque. Like. And then we started looking up ideas for uh, like gear and whatnot or what we're going to wear and working with Corbin on that. And Corbin's a very brilliant mind. Very underrated for what he is. He's very good at what he does and protects his own brand very well. Uh, I have to give props to him on that. But we just kind of throw ideas off of each other. I'm all right, well, if he's kingpin, we kind of don't want to be in suits. How can we look kind of like intimidating but also eye appealing? And then we kind of just took the hitman gimmick from the video game Mm. wore that. And then within a few days after that, uh, creative comes to us like, hey, we want you to look like this. And it's a picture of a bunch of different NBA players wearing suits and hoodies one was like a lime green suit and a hoodie. Another one was LeBron wearing a hoodie and a suit. Me and Blakers was just like, what the
2: hell? Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then our idea was all right, when we go to TV, you wear one, I'll wear the other. Let's see how this goes. Of course, I wear the Hitman style, he wears the suit and the hoodie. We get there. They said, All right, cool. Vince wants to meet with you guys. Well, oh, perfect. So Bruce and Vince are sitting there. And then he goes, hey, boys. We say hello to him. Say hello. Oh, thanks for having us back. Blah, blah, blah. Pleasure working with you. Thank you for the opportunity. Of course, just doing the normal thing that you would do when you see Vince. And I uh, goes, Well, Bruce, which one do you like? And he goes, I like that one. <laughs> and he, he points to Blake. And I'm just like, Shit. All right. I didn't, I didn't show I tried so hard to not show it. I didn't show it. I was like, right, Okay, cool. This is where we're going to go. There's all right, beard's gone. Hair, you, gone. So just instantly, we're fully bearded. I have still a little bit of a long hair going. Blake's still long hair, but full beard. We just literally just show up full bearded, and then we just get groomed as we're there. And the first person see is Diaz Cesaro, and he just laughs at us. He's just like, oh. <laughs> But then the best part of the story is, though, too, we didn't have matching suits. So now they want us in a suit and hoodie. And now we're 45 minutes away from bell time going online for SmackDown. And Blake and I are leaving Amway to go get suits at uh, Men's Warehouse. <laughs> wow! They don't have tailored suits, so here we are in non-tailored <laughs> suit going out on live TV. And this is this is the WWE. Like you're picturing, like they have everything planned out. They have wardrobe. They have this. None of that. Wow! And, like, but to us, we're laughing. Like, we kind of knew this was going to happen. <laughs> it's just typical fashion of like hurry up and wait type thing. Or here we go. It's just they literally came up with the idea that Monday and then had it set for us to be there that Friday. Wow. That's crazy. That's wonderful. But it was fun though. It gave us something new to sink our teeth into. And like a lot of people didn't know it was us at first until Graves said it on commentary because nobody yeah, seen it. Get it. forever. So it was cool for us to do something fresh and try to change and now here we can evolve into something. Yeah. And it just uh it kind of just went downhill when um COVID was kind of hitting WWE. Right uh the Mysterios got COVID the whole family or not all of them but someone in the family got it so they were exposed so they had to quarantine so that took us out of that Wait, and then Murphy got c- COVID and he oh, had to get something oh, and wow. then I got co- uh, then I tested positive for COVID but I had no symptoms from it and then that's wow. the day that uh I was presumably fired by Vince in the meeting because it just was one of those days you don't want to catch the boss in a bad mood and Oh, that was one of those things. And you hear the horror stories all the time. We've always joked about it. It's just like he can fire you for the simplest thing. And that was that day I was made an example of. Wow. Mm. Wow. It just it sucks the way it happened. Like <laughs> but like I look I learned from it. Like believe me, I learned from it. Uh Cause it's just kind of crazy how it all happened in the telephone game that happens within the business and the company that, Oh, they were at this party and it's just like, no, we weren't at that party, but nobody ever wanted to get back to me on a new year. Cause it was at new year's.
2: Yeah. Wow. Mm. So, I, mean, I saw the headlines, but I didn't know that that's really how it went down. That's
1: really. Yeah, they said on the phone by Mark Carano that it was cause creative had nothing for me. Mm. Um, I instantly let him have his piece on the phone the day I got the call. Um, so I let him speak his mind and he's like there's anything you want to say I was like yes I have a lot to say oh, I spoke shit. my mind I said what I had to say about what we were doing and what my thoughts were of why I was fired and he said I can't tell you that's not the truth but I got to tell you that creative is has nothing for you and then I said well I guess creative has nothing for me for the past eight months that we were there pitching ideas to get back on tv and I guess you couldn't use any of that. Here we are in a storyline. You just gave us merchandise as the Knights of the Lone Wolf. But I sure. guess creative had nothing for me. I can be angry all I want now. It's great, yes. but it's not going to do anything for me. Sure. It's not going to do anything for the company if I bash them because I don't need to. They've done so much yes. good. Yes. They've done so much good for me. I can't. I wouldn't have this house with that without being. Yes, by
0: exactly. Nothing. I'm getting goosebumps. just uh, You just saying that, bro. You're just hitting it right on the head.
1: Well, it's, just, you know, it's just no good because I, wa- I would love to go back someday. And there's always the chance of always going back for anybody. And that's, that's the one thing that I've said in that company is never say never in wrestling, especially absolutely. WWE. Well, you know, one door closes and
2: multiple, multiple doors open. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that you were looking at other careers outside of wrestling. But uh, with wrestling uh, related, is there any other companies that you see yourself working in in the future with, with the multiple plenty
1: mm-hmm. of options out there right now? Yeah, there's options. Uh, I've been getting bookings. Obviously, I can't say anything. Uh, sure. Yeah. Because of my 90 day no compete. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, I have bookings already kind of coming up and then talks of other companies. I would love to get to New Japan. Uh, that's always been a dream of mine. Even when I had my tryout back in 2014, or 13, I'm sorry. If I didn't get signed, which I didn't think I was going to, my goal was to go to New Japan. Just because that just, there you go. to me, was like just one of those routes I would love to have learned under that tree. And the way Jap- uh, Japanese wrestling just is, is just, I love that style.
2: I feel like so, it's a badge of honor for all the wrestlers that work with Need Japan. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, like.
1: that. They, even like the ongrowing of what made it even more is like two of my best friends of Mikey Nichols and Shane Thorne, like they both were as TM61 and being yes. over there as the Mighty and TMDK and god like just getting to work with them and then just always just sharing stuff for japanese style from noah and yes. and i'm just like oh i just like that part of me was like one day and like now i kind of have that opportunity at some point to do that and that that's why i said i love that everything is now on me yeah if i want to get there it's on me to do it it's not on anybody else it's, it's i have to go out and do the work now which i'm <clears throat> very happy to do because that's all I've ever wanted to do once I've stepped foot in a ring and even with the company I was probably the most annoying with pitching ideas and staying alert but like it's just listen I'm an employee I want to work for you and if I'm yeah. coming for that and that's the problem then you're the problem obviously.
0: Steve man, uh,
1: concept, man.
0: <laughs> we can, we can keep going on and on yeah. about right. the struggle no no it's good man we can keep going on and on about the struggle but yeah, I, I'm very happy that you're able to share your story yet again with another uh, social media outlet. You know, it's like a second job, you know what I mean? So um, uh, before we like take it home, I wanna hit you with like 21 totally random questions, just answer them as fast as you can. And uh, are you ready to roll?
1: Yeah, go ahead. I was looking forward to this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's your favorite thing in your closet right now?
1: Uh probably my gun safe. <laughs> <Police> uh, <man. laughs>
0: uh when things break, do you prefer to uh replace it or fix it?
1: Fix it and if it can't, then replace it.
0: Uh, uh what job would you be absolutely horrible at?
1: <sighs> Mark Cranos.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You know, when he when he called me because he called me, he he did say on the phone uh calling you was the hardest thing I've ever had to do uh, in wrestling. So I I feel half and half is true because he would, like, I was a well liked guy. And uh, yeah, it's just, um, it is what it is. Him and I would uh, have had it sometimes because he would joke too much sometimes. But anyway, anyway, uh, what's your favorite movie ever? Tombstone. Uh, What's the most disturbing thing you've ever witnessed?
1: Oh, come on. How uh, this <laughs> past year?
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. if If you had the world's attention for thirty seconds, what would you say?
1: Put down your phone's live life?
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right, bro, you're right. Um, what's your biggest pet
1: peeve? Not putting your shopping cart back at the grocery store. No. <laughs> I yell at Diana all the time because she's just like, just leave it. I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't oh, want to be bro. part of the problem. I'm part of the solution.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just cramping up. I'm just because I have the stand up desk. So I like to do the podcast standing up. So I'm like cramping up from laughing. Uh, uh, what makes you anxious? Success.
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, What's the stupidest thing uh, someone has dared you to do?
1: Jump off my garage.
0: Oh goodness! (laughs) (laughs) When I was little, when I was little, I did it. Yeah. Uh, What's your (laughs) Uh, favorite? What's your favorite swear word? Fuck. Uh Yeah. What is one food that you can never give up?
1: Pasta. Oh, me too. Uh,
0: if you could have three people over, dead or alive, who would they be? Ooh.
1: Jack Nicholson. Yes. Uh, Jim Morrison, but on okay. drugs. Uh, <laughs> I just want to just I want to experience that. Um, Jack Nicholson, Jim Morrison. Oh God. Oof. Me and my grandmother. Awesome. Good. Yeah. Uh,
0: What's the worst backhanded compliment you've ever been given? We've all had them.
1: Uh, Off the top of my head, I don't know, other than creative not having anything (laughs) for Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It's the worst. It's It's the the worst. Uh, If you could be a member of any TV sitcom, what would it
1: be? Sons of Anarchy. Oh, you fit right in.
0: Uh, 15, who was your first celebrity crush?
1: Ooh,
2: Topanga. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people say that.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's too funny. Uh, what's something that you've tried that you'll never try again? Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me too. Me too. Never again. Never again. Uh, never again. <laughs> uh and this is a good one uh is there an app that you hate but you use anyway instagram <laughs> oh okay and twitter i uh, should and,
1: and, yeah instagram and twitter if you can combine them both yes
0: um best gift ever received nintendo 64. oh okay I mean,
1: console uh, i just uh, as a
0: in. To- oh <laughs> uh, good uh toilet paper over or under
1: Ooh, the way you hold it on the thing, uh, yep. it's over. Yeah. yeah, it's over.
0: Over, and and last but not least, uh, what product would you seriously stockpile if you found out that it wasn't going to be around anymore?
1: Toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, hey, you need to invest in a bidet, man. Bidet will change your life.
1: Uh, we got three bathrooms <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh, trust me, it'll change your life, man. Is it Yeah, I can go on and on about it. And again, uh, using our social media, I always say that uh, it's like a second job. So for me being an independent contractor and also working with my sponsorships, like I'm always on social media, looking for companies to work with. And uh, that's what I do. Like I have uh, an energy drink company that I'm working with. I have a keto snack company because I love to snack. I have a lane for everything. Uh, and I promote products, and I get compensated. You know, we're a business. You know, at the end of the day, so that's yeah. how I use my. That's how I use my social media, bro. But uh, yeah, again, we can keep going on and on with this podcast. You know, thank thank you for joining us, and also uh, give my love to Diana. We could have went into you know you guys, but that's personal. I'm just so happy that you guys are making moves and together. Very happy.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, she's killing it. I'm proud of her. I love I love her more than anything in the world. And I can't be prouder than her for what she's doing on her own, especially since she's left. So she's just Hey
0: man. It, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. You are lucky. You're you're lucky. I'm oh, gay. I'm telling I'm you that brave. right now. You're, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. But you're lucky that I'm gay, man, because you and I would be fighting for real.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
1: appreciate the compliment.
2: Well, I appreciate it, Steve. Thank you so much for being a guest, man. It was it was great meeting you. And best of luck to everything that you decide to do from this point on. Whatever it is, you guys are going to be successful, both you and Indiana. And congrats on being homeowners again. Congrats,
1: bro. Thank you. Yeah, um, appreciate it. It's good to meet you, too, Arnold. And then uh, for anybody out there, too, uh, Steve Macklin on Instagram, Twitter. Got my Pro Wrestling Tee shop up uh, at Steve Macklin as well. Just dropped some new shirts on there as well. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Sorry. I had to put the cheap plug in there, but <laughs> no, happy. man,
0: you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Don't you ever yeah. say that you, you got to do what you got to do. We're all doing it, baby. Oh, yeah. So yeah. again, uh what's that?
1: We're all hustling and grinding.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And um I'll talk to you soon. Uh, And thank you for joining us.
1: And much love. Thank you again for having me on. Have a good one, bro. Peace out. Later.